Welcome to the Keto Lifestyle Podcast, hosted by nutritional coach Jessica Tai, where we are dedicated to promoting health and overall well being through nutrition, specifically the ketogenic diet. We will provide you with all the latest science in nutrition, interviews with experts in the health and wellness field, and answer all your burning questions so you can find optimal health. This podcast is not intended to be used as medical advice and is to be used for informational purposes only. Please contact your doctor with any and all medical questions. Now here's Jessica. Hello out there and welcome to episode number 38 of the Keto Lifestyle Podcast. This is your host, Jessica Tai. Hey, I'm uh, super happy to be here with you again this week. Um, this is, I've got a great interview for you guys today, a, a special guest on, which um, if you've read the title of the podcast, um, then you already know we have Sean Miner on today with the Keto, um, she is from the Keto for Women podcast. Podcast, and I think it's going to be a real treat for you guys. I'm excited to um, share this interview with you. Um, I also just wanted to kind of catch up a little bit with you guys. Um, I don't have a whole lot of announcements or things to go over um, this week, but I'm actually um, not recording this this week <laughs> as it as it is. Um, today it would be March 27th is when this is going to be released, but I am actually on spring break with my kiddos um, while you're listening to this. So um, it is their spring break this week. So we have, my husband and I both have full schedules with um, just our, you know, we have multiple businesses. Um, I have my full-time career as a health coach. He has his full-time career as a real estate agent, but then we have, um, other things that we, uh, run and, and, and do. And so those have taken a lot of our time this week, but we are heading out of town for two days. At least, um, we're going to take the kids hiking at Hawking Hills. We have never been there before, but we really love to do outdoor things. And we love, um, you know, just getting out in nature with them and helping them hopefully grow a love for that stuff as well. So they have been begging us to take them to some caves. They wanted to explore some caves. And uh, last spring break, we went to Red River Gorge, which just is beautiful. We love it so much. Highly recommend anybody to go there. Um, But they don't have any caves any longer that you're able to explore in Red River Gorge. So we um, thought maybe this time we would try to do somewhere where there's some caves and Hawking Hills, um, is in Ohio. So it's only a couple hour drive from us, but they do have some caves. There's three caves actually. And then there's some waterfalls and some fun stuff. So we're just going to go, uh, do a couple days there, stay in, uh, someone else's cabin and enjoy our time together as a family, hopefully, um, be kind of unplugged for a few days. So uh, we are going to be doing that. So I will um, be back uh, next week and have another great um, episode for you. I'm going to do some listener questions next uh, on uh, the episode number 39. And then after that, I've also, I'm going to be doing another interview for you guys with another great guest that I think you're really going to want to hear. And I think you'll really enjoy that episode as well. So today um, is Sean Miner, and I just want in case you don't know who she is, which I really 
I think probably any of you guys that are listening to my podcast and are interested in keto, you've probably heard of Sean. If you haven't, um, I'll just introduce her a little bit. I do have her tell a little bit about herself, but um, she is a nutritional therapy practitioner. She's also a restorative wellness practitioner. She's a certified personal trainer, a real food foodie, and a passionate health seeker, as she describes herself. Um, She does have a website. You can go learn more about her. It is Sean Minor. Dot com. That's that is S H A W N M Y N A R dot com. And I will put that in the show notes. So if you would like to just click on the link, it'll take you to her website. She has lots of great information for you guys. She um, does nutrition and health services, so you can work with her. Um, she does. I'm not sure if Sean herself does one-on-one health coaching anymore, but she does have. I believe she has some other people, maybe that work along with her that can do that. Um, she does have a blog on her website and she has the keto for women show information there as well. You can listen to that podcast anywhere you find this podcast. Um, I believe she's on, um, uh, Stitcher and iTunes and, um, Google play and, you know, kind of all those places. She also has a, um, couple of projects that she does that are group coaching. I know she has a, the fat burning female, female project, which she talks a little bit about. And then I think she's got, um, a couple, at least one, um, new one, I think it's called the good gut project. And she's got maybe another one that she's starting or will be coming out soon with that. So if you're looking for some group coaching, that might be a good, um, thing for you guys to check out and a good way for you to go. So without further ado, um, let's get on to the interview with Sean. I think you guys will have some good um, information here for you and just some good keto basics, um, really specifically for women. That's what Sean specializes in. All right, guys, I hope you enjoy this interview. All right. Well, with us today, we have a very special guest. We have Sean Miner from the Keto for Women podcast. How are you, Sean? I'm good. Thanks for having me. How are you? Great. I'm great. And I am super excited to have you on today. And and I think this is going to be a real treat for my listeners. So can you just tell us? Yeah, I know it will be. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Can you tell us a little bit about who you are and um, kind of your background and maybe kind of what you what brought you to keto and podcasting? Okay, well, this is a very long story, so I will try to keep it quick, but it never, ever happens, so I'm just going to go for it. Yeah, go for it. We want to hear it. Um, So I am a holistic nutritionist. I'm in Boulder, Colorado, um, although my practice is worldwide at this point, um, helping women specifically with a ketogenic diet. Uh, So I came to this role through a lot of different changes that happened in my life and specifically with my health. So I think a lot of us that come to this nutrition space come here because of a health issue or something that we have had uh, a struggle with and have found um, a way to kind of help ourselves out. And that was what happened to me with keto uh, through a long, long journey. Uh, And that journey started with being diagnosed with my first autoimmune disease in 2008, ulcerative colitis. For a while, I was fine, just kind of doing what the doctor told me, taking the pills he was telling me to take, Uh, but it wasn't really working. Like, I wasn't seeing improvements. I wasn't feeling any better, and for me, as the kind of person that I am going to be doing, is diet playing any role in this? It seems like it should be, and um, so going back to the doctor, 
I asked, like, can I be doing something with my diet that would help this circumstance? So maybe I don't have to be on these nine pills for life. And he came back with no, like literally just no, it has nothing to do with your diet. Just go home, take this medication. So that really sparked something in me, of course, as it does for a lot of us uh, in this nutrient. Literally, I, I turned to Dr. Google that night uh, found phase of people that had uh, healed and reversed their autoimmune disease and speci- uh, specifically the ulcerative colitis with a paleo diet. So next day, I cleaned out everything in my uh, cupboards, everything in my fridge, went paleo, 12-ish. And for a while, that was that was great. I saw a lot of improvements. I mean, I saw tons of improvements with uh, my overall health, you know, like with my sleep and my energy levels and my moods, my workouts, everything just kind of fell into place. My autoimmune disease did get a little bit better, symptom improvement for sure. Uh, but then um, it didn't, I wouldn't say it completely reversed. I still had to take medications from time to time. Um, I still had flare-ups and, uh, and that kind of thing, but I did get a lot better. And so it got better to the point where I now wanted to like shout it from the rooftops. Like, Hey, everybody, you can just change your diet a little bit and massive things can happen. And that's when I, uh, went back and got my nutrition certification and, um, wanted to be a nutritionist. Like I knew that that was my passion. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, did all that was going through actually the nutrition course at the time. And then things started slowly falling away, like more and more symptoms, just random health issues were coming to light that I had no idea where they were coming from. Um, especially because I was still eating a a paleo diet. I was exercising the same that I always had. And, but just all the stuff started coming up that didn't make sense. Mm -hmm. So super long story short, tons of digging, tons of doctors, tons of specialists later. And I found out that it was, um, actually a response to toxic mold exposure, Mm. um, that I was, had been living in for uh, a couple of years at that point. And, uh, I was just, my body was basically inflaming in order to, um, kind of deal with this inability to detox from the toxic mold exposure, which is actually a genetic predisposition that some people have. And I'm one of the lucky ones. Um, so <laughs> I was just going to so, say lucky you. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, um, so that toxic mold exposure is what kind of was behind all of these symptoms. And so some of the symptoms were, um, brain fog, like intense brain fog to the point where I was having memory loss, word recollection issues, um, and just feeling like I, my brain like could not function, mm-hmm. uh, and, um, super crazy fatigue to the point where I would wake up, eat breakfast and go back to bed. Mm-hmm. Um, did that several times, which is kind of hard when you're running a business, um, joint pain, uh, I had gained about 35 pounds in eight months out of nowhere doing nothing differently. Uh, and just, there's just so much that felt made me feel like a different person. Like mm-hmm. I was not the same person. I was depressed. I'd never had issues with uh, mood or depression before. Uh, just really tons of stuff that started piling up. So when you hear that, especially as someone who, um, follows a ketogenic diet or even knows a little bit about a ketogenic diet, Um, Once I found out what the culprit was and could get on a protocol for this mold exposure, I also just wanted my symptoms to even just slightly improve Mm -hmm. so I could feel somewhat like myself. So being in the nutrition field and at that point knowing enough about a ketogenic diet to know that those symptoms I was experiencing were 
could at least somewhat be helped by going keto. Mm-hmm. So that was really the decision maker for me to go from paleo, what I had been doing for five years, mm-hmm. uh, into ketogenic paleo, essentially. Um, and within a couple of weeks, like immense improvement, just so much improvement. And I still had about an, a year worth of protocol to go through that's very specific for the toxic mold exposure. But being keto while doing that was like life-changing. That's amazing. Uh, yeah. So, and then, you know, of course, there's always things that we learn when we do this for ourselves, mm-hmm. like the good, the bad, what should happen, what shouldn't happen. And so uh, just being the educator that I am and in the nutrition field, I wanted to share kind of what I learned um, mm-hmm. in that in that way and, and with the whole process. And so that's where I am now, teaching that. That's awesome. Well, that's the best way to be a teacher, right? Is to go through it yourself. Totally. Yes. And, and, yeah. and, um, you know, I'm very open with my experiences, obviously, as I just shared. Um, but through that whole time when I just was sick and I didn't know what was going on, I was very open. And I think that that also helps with the connection to know that someone's gone through it. Like what you're feeling now, I've been there and I know yeah. how hard it is, but I also know the other side that you can get right. out of it. Right. I think that's uh, super important. It's that hope, right? It's the, Mm -hmm. that that can make, I mean, that can be an absolute game changer is when someone has hope that, you know, because so many times, especially with a lot of issues that women go through, I think with our health and and whatnot, sometimes it can feel like there is no light at the end of the tunnel. Mm -hmm. And when you can talk to somebody like yourself that can say, no, listen, girl, I have been there or I've been in a very similar place and look at me now, there is hope. That's huge. It's a huge motivator. Yeah, and and really, I mean, um, I don't talk about this too often, but it was a very important factor that the entire time that I was sick, I I didn't know if I was ever going to get better because I didn't know what was wrong. Mm-hmm. But I kept that hope. I I kept this like positive attitude. I tried the best that I could, and I just really didn't let myself go down that tunnel. That's like that deep, dark tunnel Mm -hmm. that if you've ever had health issues and you don't know what's going on, that can very easily overcome you and you feel helpless. Mm -hmm. Um, You start getting like just super sad, super down on yourself. And that negativity only spirals, you know, it just makes it worse. Mm -hmm. It makes it harder to get out of that actual health issue. Yeah. So I really believe in the power of positive thinking during that time too. Yeah, absolutely. That's a big one. So just for anybody that's listening, that isn't real, that isn't very familiar, I assume that probably most listeners are, but just in case they're not, um, you're talking about you went from paleo to keto. Um, I think a lot of us kind of follow that same trajectory. Um, But can you explain a little bit what was different between the paleo um, lifestyle that you were living versus when you decided keto was going to be the route for you? Yeah. So the biggest thing is the amount of fat. And I am someone, even when I would, went paleo, I've always eaten a pretty high fat, lower carb uh, type approach. It just, I'm, I like fat as a, <laughs> a taste. I mean, I think most of us do, right. you know, but I just like those foods. That's what I'm drawn to naturally. Um, so I've always eaten a pretty high fat diet, but then to take it to the next level um, in order to produce ketones, that was really where I had this like eye-opening experience to be like, okay, this is a lot of fat. Um, in a good way. And so then of course, uh, which I think a lot of us coming from paleo have a harder time with the moderation of protein. Um, a lot of paleo people just like 
pound protein, mm-hmm. which is fine for some, but uh, for others and, and for myself, I didn't need that much protein and really didn't want it. I just kind of thought that's what you do. Mm-hmm. So um, to actually learn a little bit more about that process and um, take away some of the protein. And then of course, uh, carbs too. I mean, within paleo, I was like, I'm surprised I didn't turn orange because I ate so many sweet potatoes. <laughs> I mean, it was, it's kind of weird. And so (laughs) I'm really glad that I broke my sweet potato habit because that was just too much. Um, So taking away some of those carbs, I mean, of course, even with paleo, paleo can still be a pretty high carb diet Mm -hmm. and you can still um, have all the the fruit and the sweet potatoes and regular potatoes if that's what you do. And, um, you know, even things like honey and maple syrup Mm -hmm. and things that are in these paleo treats can really kind of overcome your diet. So um, just taking some of that stuff out. I mean, it's really quite simple. And I'm so passionate about keto being a nutrient dense diet and Mm -hmm. not just like let's eat butter and cheese and bacon. But you know, we need like the vegetables and the nutrient density. So that's something that didn't change at all for me. If not, if anything, I eat more vegetables now keto than I do did when I was paleo because it's such an easy way to get more fat into your diet. Yeah. Um, Use like vegetables as the the base kind the conduit. Of <laughs> yes. Yes. No, I totally exactly. agree with everything you're saying. <clears throat> you, I, I feel like I'm looking in the mirror as you're talking. I had a very like over the top relationship with sweet potatoes <laughs> as paleo. I mean, I literally, I think I ate them every day, usually multiple times a day, yep. multiple ways and mm-hmm. was obsessed with them. And fruit too, yep. for me was a big one <clears throat> on yep. paleo. And I think what I see a lot, like as I look back to how I was eating paleo, is I really was eating kind of like you're saying, really more protein than I needed, more mm-hmm. carbohydrates than I should have been eating. But then I kind of did have that natural affinity for fats as well. And that's mm-hmm. like, that's a bad combination. So, right. you know, like, so I wasn't, I wouldn't say I was keto level fats, but I was probably eating more fats than I should have been, certainly with the protein and carbs I was taking in. So, I think I saw huge changes when I cut that stuff down and then was like, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, this is amazing. (laughs) Yeah. And it's surprisingly very easy, I think. And I think most people would agree listening to this right now that if that's where you came from and you're, you went keto, it's like such an easy thing to make these simple switches. And it's like, oh, well, here we go. Mm-hmm. Now we're keto. So it's yeah. it's not nearly as hard to give up the sweet potatoes as it sounds. <laughs> it's very true. I do still indulge in them every now and then. Yeah, me too. And they're great. You know, and it's yikes. so interesting because they're so much sweeter now. Yes. Oh, that's so true. Everything yeah. is. Even berries. Everything like is. I, yes. If I have blueberries, I like blueberries and raspberries and blackberries are my favorite. But it, those, they're like candy. I mean, it's yeah, exactly. So it's like good. a little treat. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's different. Funny how things change. <laughs> I know it really is. So, okay. So you definitely went the route of like working with women and helping women. So, um, what I, I know you kind of told us like what your kind of what fueled your passion for nutrition and helping other people, but why specifically women? What, what is it about that? niche? Well, because I think a lot of the information that we get in the keto community is from men Mm -hmm. and it's just not the same. Like it really just is not the same. Women were just more delicate creatures. It's just the way it is, Mm -hmm. right? Because we have these things called hormones. Um, (laughs) Not that men don't have them, but they're a lot more stable than ours are. (laughs) Right, right. Let's just say that. Uh, And so 
you know, that was kind of the biggest thing that I saw is there was a lot of women doing keto, which is awesome and great and so good for you, but they were not doing it the best way for them and their bodies. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, when I see anything that I can be of service, like, okay, let me just tell you a little bit more about that. And you can make this switch a little bit easier Then I really want to share that again, as an educator in the nutrition space. So, Mm -hmm. um, it was just kind of really a natural switch for me, a natural thing that kind of turned on to be like, wait, there's a little bit more information that you as a woman need before you go keto or during your process uh, of transitioning into ketosis. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, those slight little differences. And like I said, uh, a lot of it stemmed from my own experience. And quite honestly, I didn't, I personally didn't do, uh, I guess, didn't make the transition to keto the best way for, for me and my body as a woman. And I experienced some issues. And so I didn't want women to do the same thing. And I figured out what the difference was and what I could have done differently. So I might as well share that. So that's really how it all started my own stuff. Okay, that's awesome. So how so what are some of those differences? What are some of the things that you experienced that now you're able to help women with? Well, for me, the biggest difference that I didn't do that I now teach and recommend women do is to take the approach a little slower. So if you and your husband decide that you're going to go keto, um, even if you're going from paleo uh, on Monday, then he's going to have no problem going from eating all the carbs to eating no carbs from Sunday to Monday. Mm -hmm. But as women, your body's going to freak out. It's mm-hmm. going to experience a freak out because it's used to getting this certain source of, of energy, glucose, mm-hmm. in this certain amount, and then all of a sudden it's gone. Um, and so when you do that, just because we're so sensitive to stressors as women and they, you know, as soon as we get into any sort of stress response, uh, the first thing that goes, obviously you have a cortisol response and your adrenals react. It's kind of an adrenal um health issue. Mm -hmm. But then the down regulation of that is your hormones. And so that's really obviously, like I said, the biggest difference. So uh, I just really prefer women to not have any of that be a stress. So it's awesome to be in ketosis. I mean, if you still want to be a sugar burner, cool, that's fine. And your body's probably cool with that too. But that in between time is a little tough. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's why we experience keto flu, right? That's why it's Mm -hmm. a thing. But um, if we can take that transition a little slower as women, then we experience less keto flu, which is great. Um, but you also don't have that freak out that happens. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a much shorter period of time before you turn that switch on to making ketones um, where you're just slightly kind of you've lowered the carbohydrates enough slowly. Mm-hmm. You increase the fat enough slowly. And then that switch turns on. Mm-hmm. So um, that's the first, that's something I didn't do. And I just went like literally the next day from eating sweet potatoes to having none because I also mm-hmm. went a little um, like too, too keto, I would say, which is pretty common. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt it like I I started having wonky periods over mm-hmm. those few months before I figured out what I was doing wrong. Um, and I also started intermittent fasting right away, which I think contributed to that. And so I just really had to back up. Mm-hmm. And kind of start that process over, making it a little bit more smoother. And that really, really helped. And then now, I, I mean, it's been a year and a half and I've had the best cycles of menstrual cycles of my life. And it's mm-hmm. just like the easiest thing ever. But I had to kind of take that step back. Yeah, that's that's very interesting. Yeah, I think I see that a lot, too, with women. And I think, too, because 
I think maybe because we're doers in general, women are just doers that I see mm-hmm. it. I feel like a lot of women just, they just want to go at it hard right from the beginning. They're just like, they set their mind to it and they're like, I'm just going to do this. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And that's, it's tough. It's, that's a hard way to go at it. I agree with you. And especially because the type of women that comes to a ketogenic approach, uh, they are, and this is another kind of big, um, thing for me, I guess they are coming to it, probably coming from another type of diet, mm-hmm. coming to it, ne- needing or wanting to lose weight, hoping it's a quick fix because they read somewhere on the internet that someone mm-hmm. lost 30 pounds in 10 days or something ridiculous, right, right. <laughs> you know? And so they think the quicker, the better. Yeah. Uh, and this is all going to happen super fast. And that is what causes this huge issue in women's bodies, not only because it's like this super fast approach and they're just totally changing things from the get go, like within a day, but also when you come to it with that kind of quick fix diet mentality, yo-yo past all that stuff Mm -hmm. that a lot of us do, then you also, um, get into the kind of mentality of it's still a diet. So therefore I'm not really going to eat very much food. I'm supposed Mm -hmm. to be fasting. So I'm going to start fasting. Mm -hmm. I'm supposed to be able to go hours without eating. So I'm just not going to eat. And then you just become low food. Yeah. And like as someone, Uh, especially as a woman who's not 100% totally on track healthy, giving yourself a lack of energy supply, especially at the beginning, is not going to do you any favors health-wise. Right. You know, like you really have to make sure to nourish your body to get those micronutrients that you need to get from food if you want to truly get to a place of health. Yes. You know, like get to a nice, balanced, healthy state. So, um So yeah, that's another big thing that I see that I really wanted to help teach women is like, it's okay to eat food. (laughs) Even if you're keto, you can eat some food. It's totally fine. You have Mm -hmm. to eat enough food. You have to let your body know that it's safe, that there's plenty of of, uh, these nourishing foods coming in, these nutrient-dense foods coming in. That's when true healing takes place. Yeah, I feel like that is the number one thing that I deal with with clients and that I have a hard time with is the women... um, Honestly, it's few and far between that I that are not under eating. I know. I have, oh. I, oh man, I have a really hard time with that. And I feel like a lot I feel like every session is like we're going over the same stuff. Yeah. And I'm like just more food first. And then, <laughs> right. And so much better you won't even need me. <laughs> right, exactly. And I, I feel like I keep telling the same thing. It's like, but your calories are still so low. So how, um, so just out of curiosity, what, is there like a threshold that you try to get women to, if there, if you could tell women in general, listening to this, try to eat at least this many calories and then get intuitive from there. What, what would be like your baseline you would tell most women? Do you have one or is it so varied? Well, no, it's not, it's not so varied. No, I mean, but I really try not to, because I really, really want women to get out of the tracking and the number game mentality that they come to, yes. uh, with keto. Mm-hmm. So I really don't like to give numbers, but I would say absolute bare minimum. If you are lying in bed most of the day and you don't think <laughs> I would say like 1800 minimum, <laughs> but yeah. if you're a, a, like a thriving woman, who is even somewhat active and you have a job where you have to use your brain power and you're cooking and making dinner and you have kids and whatever, um, then I really like say more like 2000. You know what? I love to hear you say that, Sean, because I cannot tell you how many women 
and or not just women, but people in general kind of end this health and wellness and nutrition sphere here. Um, I feel like they are even telling women like these ridiculously low amount of calories. Mm -hmm. And um, I agree with you 100%. I definitely, I think we need to get out of that um, tracking anything, tracking our macros, tracking Mm -hmm. our calories, tracking like stop tracking. Yes. But um, we we're so in that mentality. And so definitely I feel like when you're trying to get somebody to learn how to eat intuitively and to get healthier, they're, um, it's trying to get them to eat more calories. And I can't tell you how many times that I tell women, I really, really want you to eat a minimum of 2000 calories. And yes. they look at me like I have three heads. Like, oh yeah, they're it's like, scary. you are insane. Like I'm going to gain all this weight. So how do you help women kind of wrap their heads around that? Number one, it's okay if you gain a little weight. <laughs> Um, and, yeah. and what that is signifying, what's going on in your body. And number two, just how do you get them to, um, it, even without tracking the calories, but just like you said, just eat more food, like just mm-hmm. eat more food. Yeah. It's this, I love this topic. Uh, it's so hard because mm-hmm. we come to keto with this again, diet mentality mm-hmm. we've been taught. And I was I was one of these people. I've been through the low calorie train. I ate 1200 calories exactly for years because I come from the fitness industry. That's what we did for years. Um, Mm -hmm. So I've been there and I understand. Um, But now I eat a lot more food and it feels way better. Let me just tell you. (laughs) Agreed. Um, but so, so first of all, so I have a class and this is what we do. Mm -hmm. Um, I teach women to eat enough food to transition into ketogenic diet, uh, slowly, safely, uh, um, in this approach that, that I've done. But, um, when this happens and in this class that we now have over 600 women in Mm -hmm. some of them gain weight and Mm -hmm. they're scared of course, to eat the amount of food. They are blaming the amount of food on Mm -hmm. the weight gain, um, And then, of course, this whole fear around food continues and we have to get rid of it. Mm -hmm. Like we have got to get rid of this mentality because think about it um, in I'm sure that you uh, have the same approach. But if we're eating real food right in a ketogenic type approach, think about the amount of nutrients you're giving to your body, because all of these keto friendly foods in this like health space Mm -hmm. are so nutrient dense, like these amazing fats and um, high quality meats and that kind of stuff. And of course, all the veggies, if you are fueling your body with that and giving yourself enough of that, it just doesn't seem right that you would gain weight. Like if you actually really think about that, Mm -hmm. if you are truly, totally 100% healthy as a woman, that is not going to make you gain weight Mm -hmm. unless you need to, of course, for your health, which there are people that do. Um, but it just intuitively, if you really think about it, like that doesn't make any sense. I'm providing just nutrients, just full on nutrition mm-hmm. uh, and nourishment to my body. It's not going to do the the wrong thing and start gaining weight that's unhealthy. Mm-hmm. That doesn't add up. However, if you are someone that, which many, 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 many women in the keto space are, if you're someone that's not truly 100% healthy, if you have some hormonal imbalances, adrenal dysfunction, thyroid imbalances, If you're not sleeping well, if you're not drinking enough water, I mean, the list goes on. Like the list is so long as to reasons why you may not be balanced and totally healthy. Mm -hmm. It could be something super extreme or it could be something minimal. It doesn't matter. But if you aren't healthy, then your body is using that weight gain as a symptom. It's basically a sign to you that something's Mm -hmm. up. 
something's going on. So um, a lot of times, and I think that you would agree with this, when you go from eating 1,200 calories a day to eating 2,000 of healthy, nutrient-dense keto foods, that small weight gain at the beginning is just kind of, honestly, your body's kind of resetting itself. It's kind of starting from the beginning. There's, of course, going to be a little bit of this quote-unquote metabolic damage, which I just use for lack of a better word. Right. I don't actually believe it's damaged. But, you know, like there's going to be some, um, your metabolism basically stinks, and now we have to build it back up, right? right. So there's a little bit of time of that transition where it happens. It's just going to happen. There's honestly no way around it. Right. If you, unless you want to keep eating less and less and less and less and less the rest of your life, Mm -hmm. which I don't think anybody does, um, then you have to go through this process and you might as well go through it while you're adapting to keto. It's the best time to do it. Right. I totally agree. Yeah. And it always comes off. Like it will come off, but you've got to go through that process. Mm -hmm. And just, I'm so passionate about reminding women that if you come to keto for health, then this is part of the process. You're going to have to go through it, but that's just your body healing. Yeah. It's a sign that your body's healing. That's a great thing. Yeah. I totally agree. And I, I, I try to, I, I tell women and I love hearing you say this because I think this will hopefully if there's if they hear two of us saying it they're gonna be like okay 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 so maybe maybe there's some truth to this because (laughs) I I feel like I you know I just keep saying the same things over and over to women but a lot often what I hear myself saying to them is you know you've restricted for so long and like you just said if you want to continue to have to restrict less you know you eat less and less and less and less food then i guess you can continue to maintain or lose weight when you want to but if you are interested in gaining health you are going if you're eating as much food as you should be eating then you are more than a lot of women are going to gain a little bit of weight and then your body is going to be like oh wait a minute we're getting enough nutrition here. Mm-hmm. I'm getting enough food. This is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Okay. I can let some of this stuff go because I don't need it now. She is no longer starving me. But exactly. it's, it's getting them to understand that mentality, I think, is I just so badly want them to get that because it is so freeing when you get that. And then you can, like a, a lot of times, um, and you probably hear this too, I'll have women that'll say, um, yeah, I'm doing everything you're telling me to do and I'm really eating a lot of fat and I, I know I'm eating a lot more food, but I'm really hungry. I'm, I'm dealing with hunger during the day or I'm like, like then you're not eating enough food. Yeah, <laughs> right. Not that's, be a, hungry. that's not enough. That's all <laughs> right. that is. <laughs> right. So um, what are one of the, what's one of the other kind of bigger or bigger, what's another um, big thing that you see women struggling with when it comes to, to coming to keto? and being successful at it. Um, the next biggest thing would be that they're not actually in ketosis. Mm, yeah. That's a big yeah, one. Like huge difference. But between... wait a minute, Sean, they're eating <laughs> the right macros. They've got 70. They're not in ketosis. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know. It's so fascinating one. to be in this space because, but it, you know, and I call this low carb purgatory and it's something that that's women get into phrase for it very easily. Right. Mm -hmm. It's, it is right. So you're lowering your carbs because you're going keto. Um, and so all those sweet potatoes are gone and the fruits are gone. You're bumping up your fat by having another scoop of coconut oil, maybe another half an avocado. And you think you're eating keto like, nope, 
You're not, <laughs> not even close. Right. And so now what's happened is you've deprived your body of what it's used to using as fuel, which is glucose. Mm-hmm. That's no longer there because you've cut out your carbohydrates. And, um, but you haven't yet produced ketones because you're not eating enough fat. You're not supplying that um, kind of ingredient that we need to uh, start producing those ketones. Mm-hmm. So you're in what I call low carb purgatory. Your body doesn't know what, where it's getting energy from. There is no energy source whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And it feels terrible. Yes. Uh, you start having major health issues. You will definitely be causing huge stress around your body and your, your hormones will suffer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just like a mess. And I see this so often. And I really believe if you ever look and you see, um, especially women say that keto didn't work for them, or it's like mm-hmm. the worst diet ever, or it feels terrible or all that stuff. Um, it's really just because they weren't actually in ketosis. Mm-hmm. Like not only do you need to get to a point, and this is why I promote testing. I really do think that there's mm-hmm. a huge benefit to testing for ketones. Um, but uh, this is where you can even be producing ketones to the point that it's a, getting a reading on the ketone meter. But if you're not feeling those benefits of ketosis, then you still have to change some things. Mm-hmm. There's still like a learning process that's happening with your body. You may still need to add more fat or lower your carbs or protein, whatever you want to do. Um, but it's just more information about your body. You really want to get to that point where you're experiencing those benefits because it does happen. Yeah. But it's different for everybody. Yeah. Absolutely. I love your phrase for that. That's a great, I mean, <laughs> it's, that perfect, is, right? it's perfect. It's perfect. Cause that is exactly what it is. It's a low carb burger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it feels terrible and you'll know, you will absolutely know because you will not feel good. Mm-hmm. You know, you might feel okay for a little bit because you've cut out those carbs, but then as soon as your body's like, wait, there's no place for me to get energy. Your everything's going to tank. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. So how do you feel about fasting women and fasting? Yeah, that's such a hard subject. Mm -hmm. It's so tough because I really do see the benefits to fasting. Um, There's a lot of research on the benefits to fasting. Um, I think it's really great for some people to do. Um, Mm -hmm. And in fact, it was something that that I added to my protocol when I was kind of trying to recover from the mold situation. And it really did help. It really did help. I I definitely credit some of the fasting um, to me feeling better as quickly as I did. But that being said, I had to, for me personally, I had to kind of bear with some like hormonal issues and things like that, that were happening because of the fasting. But at that time it was more important to me to get the benefits, to just get out of that spot Mm -hmm. of feeling like total crap Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then deal with the hormone stuff later. So, um, I do think that really when you are someone as a woman, who's going to try fasting, you should have a really good reason to do so Mm -hmm. beyond just like, let's see if I lose weight, if I stop eating, Mm -hmm. like it shouldn't be that, um, it more so would come from a health need or issue, something that you're really trying to work on where those benefits to fasting would greatly increase your quality of life. Right. Um, so I think if you go about it with that and you make sure that you're ready. So like I said, at the beginning, I started intermittent, intermittent fasting right when I started keto, because 
I was just kind of going by what everyone was doing, which I now really tell people not to do. <laughs> I kind of did that, um, unfortunately. <laughs> and uh, I, I wasn't ready. My body wasn't ready. So mm-hmm. you really have to take the time to get into this full, nice, deep state of ketosis, really understand how your body feels and reacts to certain things within ketosis, um, and then decide if that's right for you and if that's something where your goals really require that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think from there, it's just the only thing is that it can get a little crazy. I mean, I think people can get a little, especially women. Um, and especially if you're doing it for weight loss only, mm-hmm. you can go take it from like a 16 hour fast to then you're fasting for 24 hours. to then you're fasting every other day to then you're just not eating for a week. And mm-hmm. it's not, um, again, without that therapeutic reason, that's just not necessary and probably not going to do you any favors. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really think just start slow, stay slow. Don't force it. Wait for it to come supernaturally. Give yourself the time because you're already doing so much good stuff. Um, just by being keto, just right. by producing ketones. So a lot of what you're looking to get benefit, like health benefit wise is already happening. Um, and so I'm such a, again, such a huge fan of nutrient density that to eliminate so much food and micronutrients for a long period of time, I just don't think, I don't think that's a good plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely keep it short term as well. Yeah. I, I think that's a good approach to it. And I think for women, like you were saying, we, we're we kind of, we're really good restrictors. So, okay. so this can get, uh, this can get dangerous for some women because we, and like you said, you kind of started out that route and we hear like the whole, and all the ketosis speak out there is like, okay, well, if you're in ketosis, then you're going to be fasting. And it's yes. kind of like this thing, like they go together. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's necessarily the way it needs to be. And I can't tell you the amount of times that someone will say, well, I'm doing all of these things and I'm fasting all of this amount of time and I still feel like crap. And then I'm like, so, and I don't want to fast. And I'm like, well, why are you fasting then? Like you're, you need some food, you need fuel. So I feel like, you know, we're just, like I said, we're just good restrictors. We're good at, you know, we'll follow the rules that we think are out there and we'll do that. But um, I really think for women specifically, if it comes naturally, if you are in ketosis and things are going great and then you're like, Hey, you know what? I had dinner last night and I'm up and, uh, you know, I'm not really hungry for breakfast right now. Okay, fine. But I think the whole like mentality of, well, I ate five days this week. I probably need to fast a couple of days now mm-hmm. and forcing yourself to do that is just mm-hmm. a recipe for disaster. Yeah, there's a lot of forcing mm-hmm. going on or or just abiding, abiding by the mm-hmm. rule of I'm keto, so now I don't eat breakfast. And then yes. I, the amount of times, like I said, I've worked with so many women now and the amount of times that I see some serious damage come out of mm-hmm. that mentality when your body wasn't ready for that and yeah. you and your hormones and your thyroid and your adrenals and all that stuff that you weren't ready and you started too quickly and now you have to dig yourself out even further. Yes. Like you've got to wait till your body's ready for that. Mm -hmm. And, um, again, if it, like I said, there are certain health issues where fasting is a great option, but there are also certain health issues where fasting shouldn't be an option. Like for instance, those ones I just said, if you have any, if your, um, menstrual cycle is not regular spot on, do not start fasting. Mm -hmm. It was not going to help. If you have adrenal fatigue, um, or any sort of adrenal health, health issues, same thing with thyroid. Like I really think getting those things in order first is 
necessary. And the amount of times that I just see women start eating breakfast again Mm -hmm. and like everything changes, Mm -hmm. everything changes. And another thing, sorry, this just, I keep getting ideas as we start talking. I love another thing (laughs) that I see is women fast in the morning Mm -hmm. and they'll eat their first meal around one and then they just snack all day long. Mm -hmm. They just eat the rest of the day. (laughs) It's like, right. What's the, what's the point? You know, like obviously you were hungry and you ignored it. And so then as soon as you could start eating, quote unquote, like you allowed yourself to eat, you just kept on eating. Like if that's the case and if that's what you're doing, then it's not the right time. Mm -hmm. Fasting is not working for you. Yeah, totally agree. That's a great point. I'm glad you brought that up. So how do you feel about exercise? What do you do? What do you do personally? Or how do you, how do you approach that with women? Um, I am a, because not just because I'm a personal trainer (laughs) or former personal trainer, but it's a huge piece of it. I am a huge advocate to women working out. You've got to work out and you might agree. You might see this too in your practice when women are just complaining, 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 complaining about everything that's going wrong. How about Mm -hmm. their, how they're not losing weight and they don't know what they're doing wrong and they're keto and they're doing everything right, but they're not moving. Mm -hmm. You've got to move. And not only that, but you can't only, only look at the scale and have that determine how you're going to feel and what you're going to do about your body. Because if you start working out and start working on building muscle, your actual physical body is going to change. Mm-hmm. There is absolutely no reason why that wouldn't happen. It is just, it's just what happens. You build <laughs> muscle, you, you will, your physical body will change. Yes. Um, and so then if we start thinking about how we want that to look, like if you, how you want your physical body to look, then throw away the scale and just start working out. Mm-hmm. It's just like, I, as you can see, I'm super passionate about it. it <laughs> I love it. It drives me crazy. So yes, I'm a huge fan of women lifting weights, mm-hmm. getting stronger, working on building their strength, not just to increase your muscle mass and to change your body composition. Although I think that's hugely important, but also obviously there's tons of ac- added health benefits to that, mm-hmm. um, for long-term health mm-hmm. and even just, um, s- supporting your structure, supporting your bone health and joint health, mm-hmm. I think is really important. So, um, and as someone that worked with a lot of senior citizens in my personal training practice, trust me, you want to start now. Mm-hmm. You definitely want to start now. You don't want to start in your fifties or sixties when it may be too late. So, um, so now with keto and working out, I think that really, not as much needs to change as we think needs to change. Mm -hmm. Like we assume like all of a sudden, okay, I'm not eating as many carbs. So then my workout has to be completely different. And that's not really the case. Like for me, not much really changed, um, with my workouts. Although I am kind of just now experimenting with, um, adding in some more carbohydrates because I am doing more glycolytic workouts now Mm -hmm. that it's nice out. I'm outside sprinting and I'm going to strength training class, um, where we do some hit stuff. So I need that kind of, um, emergency, very fast fuel, uh, mm-hmm. for my workouts, but, um, I'm still making sure to stay in ketosis. So having that flexibility, which is really nice. And, um, it just kind of works, you know, for me personally, I feel way better in my workouts being mm-hmm. ketogenic. Um, although I will say that it did take, I would say about three weeks ish of mm-hmm. that transition to where 
I really had to take a step back. I was basically just walking and doing some yoga at home, just kind of taking it easy. And I recommend women do that as well to give yourself that time to where your body's like, okay, I'm no longer using this for energy. I'm going to start using this for energy. Mm -hmm. Um, Working out too much in that interim time can uh, cause a little bit too much stress and you're just not going to feel good Mm -hmm. doing it anyways. But then after that, I think women should just kind of you know, be super active, be as active as you can with the amount of energy that you have. And most of us find that we have more energy in ketosis. Mm -hmm. So that works out well, but, um, more women definitely need to focus on strength, building strength Mm -hmm. and, um, doing so in the most fun way possible. Like I know, uh, I'm a huge fan of course, of women doing what they love to do for exercise because Mm -hmm. then you'll actually stick to it. So, Um, but even if that means like going to a class with a friend, Mm -hmm. um, and that's kind of where you catch up and then you go to get coffee afterwards or something. So you make it a more fun event. And then the other days, like maybe you just like to dance or you like to play with your kids and that's your workout too. So mixing in the fun with the necessary, if that's possible, um, to do both. I just see such huge, uh, health improvements when women start building muscle. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. And that's a great tip. I agree with that too. So, um, so you talked about a little bit of like flexibility and Mm -hmm. how you are adding in a little more carbs. So tell me more about that. I'm interested. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So first of all, um, I have figured out, so I guess, let me back up when Mm -hmm. I started keto, it was the first time ever in my life that I felt free around food. Mm-hmm. I had true food freedom and I was able to truly eat intuitively for the first time ever. I didn't even know what that meant until I then. Because, totally, totally agree with yeah. you. <laughs> it yeah. was mind blowing. <laughs> I know it's so crazy because again, coming from this fitness industry where it's just like, okay, I eat my chicken and veggies at this time. Mm-hmm. And then I eat my rice and broccoli at this time, you know, um, and just finally being free of that and just eating what I feel like eating mm-hmm. and everything tastes really amazing. And so I love all my food and I just have normal hunger cues and I don't have these random crazy cravings anymore. Mm -hmm. So that all helped so much. Um, however, with that, I also, when I started keto, I knew that this was a health thing and I knew that this was something I was going to do for a really long time. Like if not forever, then pretty darn close. Right. Mm -hmm. So I came to it knowing this was my new lifestyle. And when I came to it with that approach, then I needed to make it clear to myself that it wasn't like I was never going to eat carbs again. Like there, it's not like carbs are the devil and that I can never have them. So, Mm -hmm. um, with that approach and with being intuitive, the entire year and a half now that I've been keto, uh, I eat carbs when I want to eat carbs. Mm -hmm. There's no specific rhyme or reason to it. Uh, it's usually just because for me and being in this intuitive space, when I like pass sweet potatoes in the grocery store and they look good, then I'm like, Oh, my body probably maybe wants some carbs. Mm-hmm. Um, and, or if sometimes it's just because I'm out with friends and there's some like sweet potato fries out on the table. And so I have some, you know, mm-hmm. like it's, I just need it to be a lifestyle and something that I can do forever. And that's what that means to me. That's mm-hmm. really important to me to just not have to freak out and not be able to ever say no to something that I want. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's where carbs kind of fit in, um, prior to, uh, my workouts have been, uh, just kind of, um, a little more low key, uh, over the past couple months, just with come some things going on with lifestyle and stuff. So I was just kind of eating carbs when I wanted. Now I'm trying to be a little bit more structured, not to any degree where I'm like knowing the amount of 
um, grams or anything like that or timing really. But I do now do a, a strength training class that does involve some high intensity power type stuff. Um, three days a week. And I'm also starting to, like I said, do sprints and, and hike and things like that. So I'm basically trying to make sure that I have a, just enough carbohydrate to um, kind of get a little bit of this glycogen storage going on in the, the muscle for those types of movements, mm-hmm. but then stay ketogenic for these um, longer like walks and runs and hikes and things like that. So mm-hmm. trying to have the best of both worlds, which is actually this is one of an, another amazing benefit about being active is that when you are active, your body has that flexibility pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, especially once you've healed your blood sugar and the other things going on um, that you need to do so with keto, but you'll find that that flexibility can happen quite easily. So I really can have the best of both worlds. Now, mm-hmm. right now, it just means that I, like I haven't had sweet potatoes in so long. And it's funny that we're talking so much about it. <laughs> because um, like I bought two potatoes today or this week for the first time in Me too. Did you really? Yes. I bought them not yesterday, the day before. That and I haven't, so I haven't gotten into them yet, but I am totally planning on it with dinner tonight. <laughs> so funny. Yes. I mean, it's been months and I was just like, I'm going to try some sweet potatoes. Mm-hmm. So um, as it works for me, what I like to do the best is just have a little bit mm-hmm. uh like kind of before and after my workouts and then maybe a few, um, more times throughout the week kind of situation, but mm-hmm. it seems to be working. I feel really good. So that's just more awesome. experimenting. And that's what I really promote that women do is like, just find what works for you. Like yes. if eating more, if eating more sweet potato works for you, then do it. If that's where you feel mm-hmm. really good, do that. If not eating a sweet potato at all and eating just all fat works for you, then do it. You know, there, you have to find out what works for you. Like I can't, and you can't tell everyone what to do right. because it's, we're all different. Yeah. That's so great. I, yes, totally agree with you. I think that's awesome. We're, we're on the same page, especially as far as the totally. sweet potatoes. That's so oh, yeah. funny. I know. I think that's I, hilarious. It, you know, what's really <laughs> funny is we were talking about how they taste like candy. Like, mm-hmm. you know, everything tastes so sweet. So what I did, I chopped them up really small and roasted them in coconut oil. Mm-hmm. And I've been like kind of popping them even cold, just out of the <laughs> fridge, just popping them like a little, uh, like dessert almost yeah. after my meal. It's so weird. Cause they're that sweet to me. They're so funny. I, um, the last time I had them, I actually ate everything else and I saved them till the, yeah. <laughs> till the very end. Cause I was yeah. like, Oh, I'm exactly. so excited. I get to eat these. <laughs> I know exactly. And it's like, wow, these are actually dessert. <laughs> yes, they really are. But I think that's so great how you are kind of just helping to guide women specifically because we I think it's really important in this lifestyle that it is a lifestyle and we're not saying, okay, well, this is just another diet and I'll do this as long as I need to do it and just tell me the macros I need to follow. Tell me how many calories I need to eat. Tell me, you know, how many days a week I should work out. And then when I get to the weight I want to be or when I fix whatever said problem, then I'll just go back to the way, you know, like, like we have our whole lives and that Mm -hmm. is just like you said, I adopted this lifestyle because I thought, you know what, this is something I can do this. I can stick to this. I will be able to do this. I really believe the rest of my life. And one of the most amazing parts about what you just said is that you can have that flexibility Mm -hmm. that, you know, there are times that you can do, um, like, uh, 
you know, like the carb ups, you know, the, the, Mm -hmm. where you can, whether that's one day a week, whether that's two times a month, whether that's three days a week, you know, whatever you just figure out how it works for you and your lifestyle and your body. And, and I think that is a beautiful thing about this, about keto is that you, you really do become more in tune with your body. You really do. And there's way more flexibility than a lot of these people in the keto space are making it out to be. There really truly is. And nothing's terrible is going to happen if you (laughs) eat an entire sweet potato and get out of ketosis for like two hours. Nothing terrible is going to happen. I promise you'll be fine. (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, just you, but it's really one of those things where as soon as we release more of these rules, then that's when you can really tap into what you truly want and not like, I can't ever have carbs. So then every time I pass a donut, I want it. Yes. You know, like, mm-hmm. cause you just have told yourself that you can't, whereas you release right. that and you're like, if I really truly want the donut, I'm just going to have the donut. Right. Yeah. And I then totally suddenly agree. it's like, I don't want a donut. Right. You're like, that was not nearly as good that. as I thought it was yeah. going to be. Like, I'm no. not going to do that again. <laughs> or exactly. if you're like me, I wake up in the morning with like a, like a sugar hangover and I'm just like, oh, oh my yeah, gosh, like, not worth what it. did I do to myself? Like mm-hmm. not doing mm-hmm. that again. <laughs> I know. I hate it. It's just so not worth it. Oh, it's awful. It's the worst. So Sean, I really appreciate your time here with us today. And can you tell everybody how they can find you and um, some about your programs that you do and just kind of give us the goods? Yeah. So uh, as you mentioned, I have the podcast Keto for Women show um, that comes out every Friday and that's really fun to do more talk like this. And Mm -hmm. um, so you can find me there or wherever you listen to podcasts, it'll be there. Uh, I also have, like I mentioned briefly, the group class that I teach women how to transition into this uh, ketogenic space over the course of six weeks. And we also learn about intuitive eating and eating enough food and healing our bodies and all that stuff that basically we talked about today. Um, that's called the fat burning female project and it happens every other month and it's so much fun. We have the best community ever. I love them so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you can learn more about that at my website, seanminer.com. And yeah, I think that's about it. All right. Can we all follow the- you on social media? Are you on oh, Facebook yes. and Instagram? All the social medias. Yeah. Instagram <laughs> and Facebook, both at Sean Minor Health. And I post, you know, a lot of on the actual stuff, but I really love the stories. So if you're into stories, follow me. That's where you can actually see like behind the scenes, real life of me being weird and dumb. <laughs> You get the real Sean. Yes, exactly. (laughs) That's good. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here with us today. And uh, I just really appreciate all this great information that you gave all of our listeners. And I am sure that they will be running right over to Keto for Women to listen to some more great information that you have. I love it. Thank you so much for having me. It was really fun. Yeah. Thanks, Sean. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that podcast and that interview as much as I enjoy doing it. Sean was a real treat to have on the show, and um, I hope you guys enjoyed that. <clears throat> and you can go over and uh, listen to the Keto for Women show and get some more great information. Information, excuse me, from Sean. So I'm going to get off here and wrap this one up. If you guys have any questions for me and you want to reach out, please uh, do so at Jessica. You can email me Jessica at JessicaTie.com. Or you can visit my website. It is jessicatai.com. Or you can follow me on Facebook. I'm at facebook.com forward slash Nutrition. Or on Instagram, I am at that keto blonde. 
And um, if you have any questions for me, send those to me. Next week, I am going to do a listener question podcast. So maybe you'll hear that on next week's show and look forward to talking to you guys then. Thanks so much and have a great Easter. All right. Bye-bye. Go leave mommy a five-star review. (laughs) Thanks for listening to my mommy and daddy. This episode of Keto Lifestyle was brought to you by Mobile Mutations. Mobile Mutations is an app development, software development company based out of Cincinnati, Ohio, that is able to evolve your ideas to the next level. Whether you're a small business or a large corporation looking to get app ideas or put together a new portfolio for your online presence, please visit the website at mobilemutations.com. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Keto Lifestyle Podcast. We hope that you enjoyed what we shared with you today and are looking forward to the next episode. 